Welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 128, part one of the talk given by Mary Byrne on a new Pentecost in the church and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Good morning everybody and I'm going to do something very Irish now before I begin at all I'm going to say goodbye to you all because I'll be leaving directly after this talk so I just want to thank you and thank Bob for having me and for meeting all the fabulous people that I have met here so thank you very much indeed. I'm always amused how Bob calls us to order. He says, the glory be to the Father. And I remember Father Jim Ferry years ago saying, you know, at a conference, when we all come together and we're praising God, it's glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then when we go home, it is uh, as of what, glory be to the Father, now and as, oh, I forgot the glory now. Worlds without end, amen. In other words, you go home and it's back down to the same again. (laughs) Um, I'm going to say just three things that come to my mind before I begin my talk, because I just want to really, really make them clear. And I felt when I was praying about this conference that this was what the Holy Spirit was giving me to say here. And it's for your discernment, of course. Cardinal Soonan said years ago, he said the task of charismatic renewal is to awaken the church to what belongs to it. That's one statement. The second statement is from Father Peter Hocken, and he said charismatic renewal is to be at the center of the renewal of the church. It will not be the only player on the field, but charismatic renewal has been gifted with an empowering that the church needs. And finally, Archbishop Tavera said a few years ago, he said, the task of charismatic renewal of all of us is simply to be apostles of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we spend weeks on end discerning what we're going to do, but we're called to be apostles of Pentecost, of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There will be other people doing other tasks, of course, but the Lord will always keep a central group whose mission it is to preach, teach, and minister the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, um, I'd like to start with a little story. I love stories. And this story I read, and some of you may have heard already, it's about a lady who loved music very, very much. And she had three sons, and none of them seemed to show any interest in music, except the little fellow. So she heard that the famous pianist Paderewski was coming to town. And she decided to save her money, and to buy tickets, and to bring the little fellow with her who showed interest in music. So on the day, the day came and there was great excitement and these tickets had cost a fortune and they came to the hall where the concert was to be. And um, they were in the front row and they sat down and suddenly she saw behind her somebody that she knew 
And she said to her little boy, now you sit there, don't stir, I'll be back in a second. So she went to talk to her friend and then the lights went down and it was time for the concert and she came back to her seat and he was gone. And she looked around her in a panic, no sign of him. The curtains went back and to her horror, there he was sitting at the grand piano (laughs) playing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And at that moment, out walks the great musician himself. And he took in the whole thing at a glance. And he walked over to where the little guy was up on the stool at the piano. And he slid in next to him. And he put his arms around him, one on either side on the piano keys. And he said to him, don't stop. Keep on playing. So the little fellow kept playing Twinkle, Twinkle. And... um, This great musician started to play fabulous arpeggios and up and down the piano, making something absolutely beautiful of what the little boy was playing. The little boy got confidence and he began to do a little bit more. And it went on for 11 minutes. And he just said to him, keep on playing. And at the end, the audience just stood up and really went wild. Now, I'll connect that story later on. I'm just telling it at the beginning. You know, we live in a world today that does not know Jesus. Thousands of people every day die without ever hearing his name spoken. All five continents are mission fields today. Father Tom Forrest once said, he said the father's, he said it's no exaggeration to say this, that the father's house is on fire and his beloved children are trapped in the flames. And you know, when we look at the world and the problems today, when we look at the church, in Ireland the church is going through what you could only call a purification by fire. And we could really say in Ireland, and I say we, not standing in judgment, we together, we could use the words of Lamentations 5.16. The crown has fallen from our heads. Woe to us, for we have sinned. Karl Rahner once said, now you may agree fully with this or not, I think there's a lot of truth in it. He said, if we are honest, if we are really, really honest, we would have to admit that to a terrifying extent that the church is spiritually lifeless. Now when I talk about church, I'm talking about all Christians baptized into the body of Christ. That is the church to me. It's one church in Jesus. And um, he said, many, many, many Christians have not experienced the indwelling power and presence of the Holy Spirit, and so we seem to be like a church without Pentecost. And you know, brothers and sisters, we who have been blessed with this grace that God wants for the whole church, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? We need a new Pentecost. I absolutely, I love the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I love the fire of Pentecost. And we need a new Pentecost. And how is it that the call of all our popes down through centuries doesn't seem to filter through to parish level. Everything else seems to filter through. For example, you all know the prayer of John the 23rd. Renew 
um, in this our age your wonders as by a new Pentecost. Wonderful statement of Paul the sixth. <clears throat> excuse me, when he said, the church needs the Holy Spirit. He is her divine breath, the wind in her sails. He it is who animates and sanctifies her. He is her source of charism and song. The church needs fire in her heart, words on her lips, and prophecy in her glance. This is Paul the Sixth. You know, calling out for this new Pentecost. Our present Pope and um, Pope John Paul II have called for the culture of Pentecost to be renewed all over the church. How have we not heard it? And again, Paul VI said, thank you very much. Paul VI said, and I think it's such a powerful call, he said, you living men, you young people, you brothers in the priesthood, you lay people, are you listening to us? What the church needs is Pentecost, a new Pentecost, the Holy Spirit. So may you never, ever stop saying, come Holy Spirit. And you know, when the church loses its vision of Pentecost, it begins to lose fire and enthusiasm and power. When the church preaches a word that is anything other than the word that is coming to us from the Father's house in heaven, it steps out from under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And in some way to people outside, it's not so attractive. It's not, it's, it's a little bit tired when it steps out from under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I think here in this place where we've all been blessed with the grace of a personal Pentecost, we should be saying, come Holy Spirit, you who come not just to clean up the dress of the church, your bride, the church, but to renew her heart, come. Come, Holy Spirit, you who come to burn away all the sloth and the lukewarmness that is definitely in me, I don't know about you. Come and do that. Because the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in a lukewarm heart or in a lukewarm church. And we need to be on our knees asking the Holy Spirit to set us on fire again with love. With that love, you know, that we can, as St. Augustine said, do anything else as long as you love. That fire of love. I love um, the picture of the seraphim in heaven. I remember reading somewhere, it really appealed to me, that the seraphim who are members of the heavenly court, they have caught fire by attending so closely to the throne of God. Their name means fire, it means glowing, it means burning. And they carry with them some of that burning fire of love that originally illuminated them. And as we were saying yesterday, we come to the source of life, to the source of love, so that we will have love and life to give, like the seraphim. Recently, somebody gave me, um, I said yesterday to Dave, a tape, and he said, that shows your age. You know, we're in the age of CDs now, Murray. Um, somebody gave me a CD, and it was of Bishop Sam Jacobs of America, and he set me on fire. 
Now, I go a little bit wild when I hear something like this. I was cooking the dinner, and the spuds were boiling over while I was dancing around to this tape. Um, he said, we have been baptized, all of us. We have been baptized in the spirit by the grace and goodness of God. But he said, have we been baptized in fire? Have we been baptized in fire? He said, are our ministries enthusiastic or are they flat? Are our lives radical or are they just acceptable? You know, are we on fire with the love of God? And then he spoke out to the leaders that he was speaking to and he said to them, all of you who believe in Jesus, put your hand up. And he said, this is not a trick question. And of course, all the hands went up and he said it a second time, put your hands up if you believe in Jesus, and they did. And then he said, if you believe, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have done and greater. And then he said, are you doing those works? And you know, it really challenged me because I know that most of the time I'm not loving. I know that I need this fire of love in my life. And you know, if we really, really believe the word of God, I remember, actually it was the year that David was with us in Athlone, we had a lovely, lovely um, Presbyterian minister, Ruth Patterson, with us. And she told a story, she's a great friend of Jean Vanier, and they were talking one day about why perhaps the church wasn't as vibrant as it should be. And Jean Vanier said to her, he said, what would happen if we really really believed the word of God. And I don't mean that now in a fundamentalist way. I mean really believe what God is saying to us, you know? And I think myself that Pentecost is, I know, why do I say I think? Pentecost is this fire of the spirit. And the only answer the church has to give to a secularized world is the power of Pentecost. The holy fire and power of Pentecost is really the only antidote to a pagan culture. Baptism in the spirit is not an optional extra. A new Pentecost for everybody is not an optional extra. It's God's plan for the church. We are meant to be filled with the spirit of God. It's not meant to be for a select group. It's meant to be for everyone. And we who have been blessed, we are sent out. And the one thing I would really love to see, you know, I said the other day that if the Father calls us together, he has something to say. And of course, again, this is for you to discern. But, you know, I feel we cannot go out from this place without making up our minds that we are going to set fires of the Spirit around this city and back to where we go by bringing the offer of the baptism in the Holy Spirit wherever we go. That's what we've been empowered for, for holiness and to bring it out. <clears throat> we can't be half-hearted. We can't be sort of converted on a low level if there's such a thing. Um, I'm going to tell you again a very bad joke. I'm, my jokes are always ancient and they're very bad. But it, it, there's a moral to this joke. Uh, somebody up in Scotland told me this when I was up a few years ago, so you can blame the Scottish. Um, there was a missioner, 
<laughs> out in the wilds of, I don't know, was it wherever they have grizzly bears. Anyway, my geography isn't too good. And he had been moving around, evangelizing all on his own, you know. And he had seen the Lord do absolutely mighty things. And he was out on his own in the wilds and the wilderness one day in the bush. And suddenly before him was a huge, I don't know if I can be huge, grizzly bear looking down on him. And his heart stopped because the grizzly bear was licking his lips. <laughs> and the missioner said, Lord, I've seen you do great things. I've seen you convert people. I've seen you work miracles. Even you can convert this grizzly bear, you know. And he prayed to the Lord and he said, I believe that you can do this. And to his amazement, he looked. And I don't know if grizzly bears get down on their knees, but that's the way I'm going to describe it. He began to, the grizzly bear began to sink down on his knees. And his two front paws came together in prayer. And the missioner was saying, oh my God, you are absolutely wonderful. You are a great and amazing God. And then the grizzly bear began to pray and his heart stopped because the grizzly bear was saying, for what I am about to receive, <laughs> So that grizzly bear was sort of half converted. He certainly, you know, he was converted to some kind of prayer, but he wasn't converted in the heart. So we really do, you know, all over the Acts of the Apostles, literally all over it, you'll see the word filled, 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 filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're meant to be, filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, I think we have been called to release from the throne of God on high the river of life. And you know, when you look back to Ezekiel 47, isn't it Ezekiel 47, yeah, where Ezekiel has this vision. It's at a time when the people have been exiled and the temple has been destroyed completely. And Ezekiel has a vision of the temple rebuilt with a stream flowing out from it, getting wider and wider, and everywhere the river flows, life abounds because the river flows from the temple and trees are growing there's fruit for the healing of the nations and in St. John's gospel St. John sees that vision that prophetic vision of Ezekiel fulfilled in the passion of Christ in the body of Christ on the cross he is the new temple the new center of worship and when he is pierced in the side outflows living water blood and water living water that's gushing up to eternal life and St. John is really at pains to let us know that the spirit that came down on the disciples at Pentecost found its source in the heart of Christ on the cross and I think in the renewal now I'm speaking from Ireland so you may be totally you can tell me I'm wrong about over here you know we have blocked that river of life quite a lot we really have blocked it from flowing out. And you know, um, in 
Also in that piece from Ezekiel, we see that the river flows to the Arabah, which was a very desert, arid um, area, bringing life there. And wherever that river flowed, life abounds. And I want to say to you that we need to let it flow out from this place because spiritually dead humanity will come to life and be healed when they are touched by the power of the Holy Spirit, the river of God that's flowing from the heart of Christ and we have been anointed for a reason it's for holiness and for growth in God and for surrender complete surrender to God but we also have been anointed to go out and to bring it out to others and I think that oftentimes we have blocked it one of the reasons I think it's become blocked and again, I'm speaking from an Irish perspective now as well, is the lack of unity in the body of Christ. Um, A few years ago, before our conference in Athlone, I was praying about what to say. And I think I might have read this somewhere, but it came back to me very, very clearly anyway. And it was an image that God wants us to mend our nets that he is preparing a spiritual fishnet because there is a great catch out there. There's a great catch in this city. There's a great catch wherever we live. And this spiritual fishnet will be as strong as our interrelationships are strong. God wants to melt away everything that separates us from him and from each other so that the whole body of Christ will flow in one wave of the Holy Spirit that cannot be stopped. And that comes from unity. And I think Father spoke on Monday night about repentance and it really touched my heart. And you can't psych up repentance. You can't kind of make yourself feel sorry. We have to pray for a spirit of repentance to come on us. For, you know, we have to take this word about unity on board. We really have to. So I think we need to cooperate with that word on all kinds of levels, on personal level, nationally, denominationally, every way. We have to cooperate and we have to reach out and we have to forgive and we have to ring up that person that you decided you were never going to talk to again, you know, if you're anything like me, how dare she do that to me, you know. We have to really, and to be reconciled. And you know, um, apparently, the word in Greek has a lovely meaning. It means to walk together again with the person. Because, you know, isn't it easy to forgive the person and send them a birthday card and meet every so often, but to bring them back to where they were before with you, sometimes if you've been badly hurt, can be very difficult. We need to, you know, really network, keep in contact with each other. Don't be afraid of difference. The Holy Spirit, St. Irenaeus said, has no fear of difference and is able to make a beautiful symphony out of many voices as he did that first Pentecost. So we really need to take on board. I feel, I remember reading in a book, I think it was Taking Our Cities for God by John Dawson, but I could be wrong, where they were on an outreach in L.A., and they were finding it very difficult. They were up against all kinds of blocks and they weren't making much progress. So all of them came together and they spent several days seeking the Lord, praising the Lord, and a spirit of repentance came on them. And they really confessed their sins to each other. And then a spirit of 
beautiful praise just welled up and then the word of God came and they were each given their mission for LA and they went out and miracles happened. I think when we leave this place, could we come together with the people in our parish, in our area and really seek God for what he wants to do because we want to get into what he's doing. We need to gather resources around his plan, not our own plan, what he wants to do. We are not meant to be building a movement. We're meant to be building kingdom. Our master is the king of the universe who's establishing his kingdom on earth and he has given us this grace of renewal that we would bring it out and that we would use it for, you know, so that everybody can be graced with the blessing that we also have received. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey, to maximise your potential, to have a good and a happy life. So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.